Dave for breakfast. 50 years of Port Hedland. We are talking to Arnold Carter today in the historic Headland podcast series on the listener app. And uh, Arnold has been in this town. I mean, I'm, I'm glad I've got time to speak with Arnold because he has been in this town for over 50 years. And uh, it's uh, it's an honour and it's a, it's a pleasure to uh, be in your office this morning. Now, there's a couple of things I want to talk to you about. Not you, per se. I mean, you've been around longer than South Headland and this is what we're all uh, aiming towards is the 50th anniversary of South Headland. Now, I've spoken with your Vice President of the Historical Society, uh, Julie Arif, on many occasions, and there's a book now out about South Headland, a little uh, book in the Visitor Centre, and there's still some conjecture, whether it was 71, whether it was 72, whether it was 73. Now, the official lands department has gazetted the town in 73, April 1973. So we're heading this towards this uh, 50 years in 2023. Yeah. But I've spoken to Shane Starling, who was a child in Pedler Street in South Headland in 1971. So, as I said, there's some toing and froing, there's some ifing and, but- and butting, whether it's 71. 72 schools there in 72. The high school was there in 72. They had their 50th anniversary just recently. And so did South Hidden Primary School. So, as I said, it's there or thereabouts. So, well, my, my, my personal opinion on that day was uh, the fact was that it was 72. Yeah. Because uh, I arrived here on February the 23rd, 1962. Yep. And uh, I do think it was that, but there was a lot of conjecture on what they were going to call it. Yeah, there was lots of different names put up. I mean, oh, I, would have, I wouldn't have been unopposed to having the, the new town called Richardson, oh, for starters. And I had this discussion with Julie, yeah. you know, but they went with South Headland, which yeah. is very vanilla, yeah. in my opinion. And I, and, I, and I think this is where the delay fell down. They were, they were arguing so much and they put up so many suggestions to the lands department that they are the ones in the final decision. They just went, ah, oh, it's all too hard. Correct. Oh. And they said, it's South Headland, that's when they registered South Headland. And then, of course, they had to take it from the registration of the lands department. That's, that's yeah. how it was. But 62, right. I'd run with 62. 72. Uh, 72, yeah. not 62. Personally, I would too. I mean, because I remember being uh, a primary school student in Newman yeah. and coming up to take on... Um, schools, I mean, well, Cook Point Primary back in those days, yeah. uh, into school sport, and we'd come up on the Sundowner, which yeah. is now the Silver Star Train, and that's another story uh, yeah. that we can get into at another time. That's a good one. But uh, I want to talk to you about the Black Rock Stakes. Now, the yeah. Black Rock Stakes, for those people that are listening into the podcast for the first time, was a race uh, which initially started off, I guess, um, with wheelbarrows full of iron ore. But can you take us back to the start? How did this, how did the idea come about to run 100 plus kilometres pushing a wheelbarrow full of iron ore? I think the, uh, the, the, uh, the origination of the thing was really a challenge. It was two workers, two shift workers, working in the, a, night, a night shift at Goldsworthy Mining in the uh, so on the side. on the mine at Goldsworthy. Yeah, I think they were on a feeder. When yeah, okay. Feeders and feeder and uh, they they uh, said, well, what can we do? We've got to make some money, make some money in in, in the, you know for the uh, for the uh, operation of the place or not for the operation. Was of this the for their for like for their workers' club or something like that? For community for their yeah. community. Yeah. Okay. And so uh, they said, well, okay, well, we'll we'll do one. So the next one challenged him. He said. 
Rhino, he says, I'll race you between Port, uh, Galsworthy and Port Hedland. Which is 100 so, odd kilometres. He says, OK, that'll get on. Then the subject come up, how were they going to race? Were they going to run? Were they going to walk? Were they going to scooter it or what? And get then on the, the train. subject come up and they turned around and said, wheelbarrow. He said, wheelbarrow. He said, wheelbarrow. <laughs> This is, this is the stuff of fantasy on night shift, isn't it? And when you see the wheelbarrows in those days, Dave, they were all this big thing. And they used to, they used to work, walk around the, uh, the, uh, the site out there carting samples and things yep. around in it. So they decided on that. Now, the, the, uh, they, once they accepted that, they got the dates and everything all, all fixed up. And uh, I'm not quite sure... I was on the road for the very first meeting and the road was that they used to call in and we used to give them a cool drink or something to yep. eat. We had barbecues running all the way in. And I'm not quite sure because I wasn't there to see how much the, the iron ore they put in that barrow. Because that would, would have been my next question. How did you that determine how much of the wheelbarrow they're going to fill. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, let's just push a wheelbarrow. No, no, no. Let's push a wheelbarrow and load it up with iron ore as well. Yeah. Let's just make this a challenge. Yeah. Let's and have I, a real challenge. And, and I think that's what did happen, that they started off with a wheelbarrow full of iron ore. And once they... So loaded, how much, roughly? Oh, it could be 50, 60 50 kilos. 50 kilos? Yeah, yeah. And, They're insane. And, and and I think what they were doing, and I heard this from a few of the few of the, because there were only the two in it. You see, plus all the urges that went in it. <laughs> so they all followed on, and they threw out the wheel, the uh, the iron ore, and reduced the load of it as they go along, because they knew they they couldn't watch well, the main road. They were they, they were hopeless. Because I was in about number four, I think, from the mine site, and when they arrived at at our place. There was a, there was a, only two pieces of iron ore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, some must have fallen out so long away. They were probably coming over the bridge. They had a bit of a rush on it, and that's why I personally think that that's how they created. That they say that it was nineteen. So, well, where did they they left the mine of the town then of Goldsworthy yeah. and ran through to. It was whereabouts was the the official finish line in the early yeah, days then? Yeah, the Civic Centre. In the Civic Centre. Yeah. So in the town, at the town oval, yeah, basically. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Was, yeah. So yeah. after that, I mean, that was at the start of the 70s, about the time that South Hedland was starting up. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, well, since we decided to say that I'd So it's been going, or it went, if it was still going now, it would have been, it'll be 50 plus years old, but it uh, it changed somewhat because, well, Goldsworthy uh, Mining closed down yeah. Uh, yeah. and the, the decision was the race needs to keep going. And it was a big fundraiser because people, I mean, schools, community groups, individuals, they would use it as a fundraiser. Now, yeah, the Miss Australia Quest and Mrs Australia Quest were huge beneficiaries out yeah. of this yeah. because a lot of them, I mean, a lot of schools would do fundraising for their PNC Correct. and that's fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. But then the individuals and the teams... The Miss Australia Quest was a huge beneficiary. They would have loved it. Million dollars worth. Yeah, easily. Yeah, yeah million dollars. Yeah. So when Goldsworthy Mining, when Goldsworthy Town and the Shea Gap Town closed down, Goldsworthy Mining um, ceased operations. 
the race kept going. No, absolutely. It was. It was. So a, how? I mean, if there was no only goals with anymore. It, the fact that it kept going was that people loved it. Yeah. And you're quite right. The amount of people that become involved in the school children was astronomical, and uh, and and they, they used to even practice during school time. You know, there was no after hours there. And if they could go to practice, they'd pick their teams out and they'd uh, have a discussion with the uh, who's going to drive the truck and they make arrangements to get Because the, the changeover was an art, Ooh, it wasn't was it? Art. Without having to fall flat on your face, and it was an art. Without stopping. You know, yeah. One step and you're out with that bus. Yeah. And many of them won't remember one year. Oh, there would have been a bit of betadine going on or mercurochrome in the day. We had a doctor fall off oh. and broke his arm. Oh, that's not good. And that was... And he was the doctor on the bus. Physician heal thyself. <laughs> so where did it move to? If, it was, if Goldsworthy wasn't running anymore, where did they, they had to move the start, obviously, to where? I think they started, they still from Goldsworthy. Yep. But there was nothing there. There was only a town site there. But I would say... So they'd bus everyone out there just for a start and yeah, then yeah, we'd go. Yep, 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 yep. And, and uh I, I, I do believe that they started from the old dome position where the dome yep, was situated, okay. and that's where it started from. And uh, then that's when they started saying, well, is it that amount of mileage because it was a two or three kilometres difference there. But they didn't even talk about mileage in the long run. It was no, just Goldsburg. it was just the, yeah, it was and, and the town to town. When they went from Goldsburg to Wim Creek. So they moved to Wim Creek after after a while, uh, and I guess that would allow um, teams from Carafa to take part. Yeah, correct. That because was it was like the halfway mark between the two towns. Yeah. And it's roughly the same distance. Well, it's about 120 kilometres Rough, give or take. Yeah. Um, the finish line has changed yes. in times. You said that the first one finished down at the uh, Town Oval. Yeah. Um, it, when I was involved with it, at the turn of the century, the finish line was Wedge Street. You come around uh, the Salt Stacks and past the, the hotel and uh, straight up across Anderson Street up into Wedge Street. Right, another finishing run was on Finnegan Island. Yeah. We used to go to Finnegan Island, the club over there. We, many times we went over there and met them coming over there. And that was the last bit coming across the causeway was the was where they used to walk accumulate and that was uh, another one. Uh, the only one I didn't even start from was Wim Creek. Right. I didn't have it well, I saw the finishes of Wim Creek. Yep, yep. But most of them were finished in town where you just mentioned yep. uh, Wet Street, yeah. So it uh, it now sadly is no longer uh, because it just became dangerous with the amount of heavy haulage vehicles on the uh, northwest coastal highway and coming through into town. So, for safety's sake, I guess, uh, and in, in uh, discussion with Main Roads, it was decided we've got to stop it. Because the thing of the disaster, Dave, was that no insurance. Yeah, indeed. No insurance on the trucks with the children and everybody. You could not take a risk of no. taking the children out there and they were 12, 14, 18 kids on a bus. No insurance, that was the So when, did, when was the last one? Can you remember when the last one was? Because 2000 and when? Yeah, I think I put it in there, Dave. It was very last time. Yeah, 2008, maybe? Yeah, that would be a two-hour. Yeah, yeah. I think it was nine. The big was, was 2008, but it was 2-8. Yeah, 2008. So it's been gone for almost 15 years now. And, and that is sad because, uh, as, as we said in the discussion, it was a massive fundraiser. There was lots of groups that benefited from the fundraising. But you can see the point of the um, insurance side of thing and the safety side of thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. And we don't yeah, want any no, more doctors yeah, falling yeah, on. Part that, that, that I noticed about it, uh, Dave, was very significant, was the social... Involvement by the children. Yep. 
the children they they accept it as a, almost like as a individual challenge. Yeah, you know, and, and because you had you had schools not only in Headland going against each other, but yeah. then when you open it up to schools in Caratha, there was an inter-school challenge. Yeah. Then wasn't there? Yeah, there was. There was bragging rights. They were, they were very much so, and uh, and they just loved uh, loved participating, and uh, and the efforts with some of them to see some change on those things. I was just horrified because I thought one of them kind of slip sooner or later because the, the bus was going very slow. It was only just one step, and. Uh, and the way that they did did uh, handle it and not have a serious accident is still active. It's a mystery, isn't it? Yeah. Absolutely. Arnold Carter joining us today the uh, from the Headland Historical Society uh, talking about the Black Rock Stakes, which could have been 50 again at the moment. We'll be back with Arnold again in future weeks and I want to talk to him about horse racing because we've got the Melbourne Cup coming up very soon and we have got a very big history of horse racing here in the Pilbara. <laughs>